Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line. Deborah Butler, and thanks for joining us for People Know Stuff. And today we have Daniel Huffman. And Daniel knows stuff about aviation as a hobby. And so, Daniel, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. And you know some stuff about aviation as a hobby. And we're distinguishing aviation as a hobby from aviation as a career. And so, Daniel, I know that you've been involved in aviation for about roughly 10 years. And I also know that this is something that goes back in time. It's something that you had an interest in when you were in college even, but um, and you even thought about it as a career, but you realized that you really wanted to pursue it as a hobby. And you did it after you had um, already established yourself in your career, but you know, some stuff, you've learned some stuff. And so why don't you share with us some things that you know about exploring and engaging with and actually becoming, uh, a part of the aviation community, which Daniel is, he is a pilot and he actually is the owner of a plane. So tell us about the stuff, you know, as a result of the experiences you've had. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like you said, it started a long time ago when I was pretty young. Uh, I've had some family members that um, have been pilots, not commercially, but um, one in the military. And uh, even my mom had a pilot's license when she was really young, um, but she didn't uh, didn't really pursue it for very long. But um, after college, uh, you know, got established in my career, had a little bit of money uh, and decided to go kind of look into this. The first thing was uh, an introductory flight. Uh, or the flight school uh, with the instructor takes you up, you know, for an hour and kind of lets you get a feel for what it's like to fly a, you know, small single engine plane. Uh, it's, you know, a little different than your normal commercial flight. Um, so uh, I know you said that this might be a starting point for anyone who's interested in aviation as a hobby, and it might even help them determine whether or not they want to go further than just uh, that introduction. And you said it you can do it pretty reasonably. Yeah. So it's normally, you know, a few hundred dollars. Um, most any, you know, flight school uh, at your local airport will will have this. And it's, yeah, it's a great way if you think, hey, yeah, this sounds fun. I, I think I'm interested to just go up and try it. Because some people do it and they're like, you know what, this is not for me. Um, and uh, and then other people say, you know what, I love this. I, you know, I want to do more of this. This is, uh, you know, really interesting, really cool uh, kind of hobby. So. Um, it's a great way to, to get an introduction. So once you've been introduced, you've had that uh, time up. Then the next thing that I know is important is getting some instruction. What do you know about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, who you uh, pick as your instructor, talked about is, you know, it's super important. Um, and, you know, we there's, you know, a lot of different flight schools with varying kind of uh, levels of, or various purposes overall. There's some larger ones that uh, are meant to take you through the commercial process and get you into an airline. They have connections with airlines. And then there's smaller ones that can still get you to that point, but um, you know you can move at your own pace. 
Um, you know, it's more kind of like an a la carte kind of thing. Hey, you want to get your privacy license and your instrument? Like this is how much it is per hour uh, versus some of the larger ones. It's like, hey, this is a lump sum. We're going to get you to the finish line and it's going to cost you $100,000 and uh, here are your loan options, you know, kind of thing. Um, so uh, two different kind of thoughts, but also kind of the important uh, portion of picking out the actual instructor that you uh, work with. Um, you know, how, you know, how do your personalities match and how much experience have they had? Uh, do they really enjoy teaching? Um, you know, what is their style of teaching? Uh, is it somebody that's encouraging, uh, and, and kind of points out some of the ways that you're, you know, you need some more work on, are they more, you know, military style, uh, you know, Hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and kind of thing. And, you know, different people like different styles. So, um, that's, that's very important. Yeah, and I think that you, when you and I talked earlier, one of the things that you pointed out was the difference between someone who's also trying to get their own commercial license. And so they may instruct just to get airtime, not because they really love teaching. And yeah, so in some of the larger schools, um, you do get people that... Um, have gone through all their ratings and they kind of get recycled back in to gain more hours. So they'll, they'll instruct for a period of time until they can get a job with an airline. So sometimes you might get started with somebody and as soon as they get that job offer, they're gone, you have to start picking up with somebody else. And also I feel like you get more people, you know, that are younger uh, and they're not really there to instruct. It's not what they love to do. And so I feel like, you know, although those, those large schools have very good, you know, layouts and, and booklets to study from and things like that. The, the actual instructor themselves, uh, in my opinion, is not as good as some of the others. So as a hobbyist, aviation hobbyist, what I hear you saying is give some thought to you and your instructor and really look at, do they love teaching? And it's usually going to be that person who's been flying for a long time, maybe a little bit older, and they just want to bring somebody into the place where you are, aviation for a hobby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, those guys teach people to go up into the airlines as well. But, you know, it's a lot of times, yeah, you got somebody that's maybe retired from the airlines uh, or, you know, they they used to fly, um, you know, the the planes over all the the fields of, uh, you know, corn and everything, they're barnstormers, you know, they're throwing out all the pesticides and stuff. And those guys are kind of crazy. So you get all kinds of styles of instructors. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's important to spend some time with one before you commit to fully working with them. You're going to want to sit down and talk to them and, you know, ask them about their life and what styles they use to instruct, what, what experience do they have? And generally, you know, if you spend 20 or 30 minutes with somebody, you'll get a feeling for, Hey, I think this will work out well. Yeah. So it takes some time really yeah. to, to get that fit. Do you think some, sometimes people go into exploring aviation, don't know to do that. They just kind of go from their introductory flight to whoever gets handed to them as an instructor. Yeah. I think that you might be surprised how many people are like, I think I want to become a pilot. And so they go to one of the large places like ATP and whatnot, and they, you know, try to start this process, which is fairly long to getting a career in an airline without, you know, 
spending a lot of time doing it. And I think some people get halfway through it and they get kind of burnt out. They're like, you know what, maybe this wasn't for me. And they drop out. Yeah. But as a hobbyist, you're saying take your time and really be selective and be thoughtful. And I know another thing that you said they need to um, consider is as a hobbyist, what kind of plan are they likely to be interested in? Um, Say more about that. Yeah. So um, most of the time when you're starting off, you're going to be in a single engine plane. And the, you know, the most common probably for the past, I don't know, 50 or 60 years has been the Cessna 172. Um, The plane itself hasn't changed much over the years, except for uh, basically the avionics on the inside. So you can get a newer plane with, you know, the, the full flat screens and everything digital on the inside, or you can go for an older one that's still got the steam, you know, vacuum gauges, round vacuum gauges, um, you know, not as much technical, you know, technological stuff in it. Um, and the prices vary, obviously, for the rental amount. So your your newer ones are going to be more expensive than your cheaper ones. So you know, some people try to vary it. They'll start off in an older one. They'll do that one for a while, uh, and then they'll step up to a nicer plane. Uh, as they get more accustomed to it. And that way they've learned both types, right? Um, And uh, even one step, there's other planes past that. You can start in a Cirrus, which is kind of your newer, faster single engine uh, airplanes. Uh, There's a bunch of other ones that are kind of varied in there that you could try to start in. It sounds like a good thing to do is um, expose yourself to a variety of planes um, but to think about where you might learn and to consider, you know, where you are as far as what your interests are, but to give that some thought too. Um, yeah. I mean, I think trying to get some variation is good, but um, I was going to point out, because you said that, you know, time can be a good thing, but sometimes it can be too much time. So, you know, the way I got most of my ratings is I, you know, I fly once or twice a week as I had time for a period of time until I got close to getting my rating. And generally at that time, I try to take like a couple of weeks off and really concentrate on doing it just about every day and up until my exam time. Because you, you know, it's like most things, if you don't ride the bike very often, you lose, you know, you lose a little bit of that between time frames. So the more often you go and the closer it is together, the less you lose between each lesson. That makes sense. Yeah. So part of what I'm hearing you say as a hobby is it does take a commitment and you got to think about crossing through certain thresholds. And when you're about to cross through one, you really want to give it your your attention and mm-hmm. and your again, your commitment. You know, one of the things that we talked about, too, was a really important part of becoming a uh, aviation hobbyist and a you know, when it's up in the air, but that is building a network and how that's just a really core part of um, aviation. And say more about that. Yeah. So, with that? Um, you know, most people are pretty enthusiastic about their hobbies, um, but, you know, there's a lot of hobbies that you can't have a career in. So, but um, flying is a little different. You got a lot of people that use it as a career, but still love it most of the time. Uh, and then you have a lot of people as hobbyists as well. But what I found is that everybody loves talking about it to just about anyone that'll listen. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's tons of groups online. There's, 
uh, you know, there's hangar hangouts, there's uh, restaurants at a lot of these airports where, you know, old fighter pilots will go eat lunch at, you know, a couple of times a week. You can meet people like that are very interesting. Um, they'll tell you about, you know, some of their old war stories and, you know, just, just about anybody that's, you know, hanging around the airport, you can walk up to and start talking to them. And um, that's a great way to meet people and to learn new things about aviation as a whole is just through the network of meeting and talking to others. Yeah, I think you said one of the best ways to consider aviation as a hobby is just go to a small airport and walk around. Yeah, um, you know, lots of them have got little restaurants that you can go eat at. Those are great. Um, you know, the recent years, some of them have kind of closed up their operations with gates uh, since 9-11. But used to, you could just walk up and literally walk out onto the grass and start watching planes go up and down. Um, but uh, most of your smaller airports, you can still get to meet people, uh, go to the restaurants, walk around, ask them, hey, is there somebody I could talk to about lessons? Uh, is there a local flight school here? Uh, although you can still find those mostly online as well. But everybody's open and wants to talk. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the base takeaways about aviation as a hobby is that this is uh, a community that is very embracing and very accessible and, um, you know, is is uh, a, a source of a wealth of information. Yeah, it's um, there's so many different areas of aviation, too, that, that you just wouldn't imagine. I mean, the the maintenance of planes is, you know, a whole other kind of area that people love to talk about. Uh, you know, the, the mechanics on the airfields will talk your ear off about, you know, different parts of the engine and, and all kinds of different things you can learn about. And, um, you know, history of airplanes. Uh, sometimes you'll see these old kind of like, you know, planes that are 100 years old. Sometimes they're sitting in different hangars and uh, these guys take them out and they'll, you know, do a ride around Atlanta and say, hey, you want to come join me? You just walk up. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm just going up for a joy ride today. And uh, they'll take you up and, you know, it's, you know, an airplane that was possibly using like World War, you know, one or something. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And then I think you mentioned, too, the the um, the people who are uh, guiding the planes from the tower. That's another um, aspect of aviation. Yeah, the tower controllers, uh, at least at my local airport, I met a guy the other day who was just walking around um, meeting people, you know, after he got off of work. And uh, we started talking and asked him, hey, can I come up and, you know, see what you guys have got up there? I'd really like to see it. And, uh, you know, he gave me his phone number and said, yeah, come on anytime. We do it all the time. And a lot of times those guys are pilots, too. So they they love aviation as well. Yeah. Well, Thanks for sharing the stuff you know about aviation as a hobby. It sounds like one of the most outstanding things that you know is this is a welcoming community and there are multiple ways to approach it. Um, first and foremost, just go to um, a local airport and then to online communities. And you had mentioned something earlier reach out to your immediate circle and see, does anybody know anything about flying? If they do, you probably already know it because like you say, they like to talk about it. So. <laughs> yeah, most likely. But you know, sometimes you can have a, an uncle or, you know, somebody that's a little bit more distant 
that you know maybe has been a pilot, but um, you've never reached out to talk to them about it. And those are always good resources too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you were able to talk to us today. Thanks so much for giving us your time, Daniel. No problem. Enjoyed it. Me too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line.